0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Well, 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 how's everyone doing today? It is Wednesday, May 3rd. It's gonna be May I know it's two days late to sing that but how uh, how are you guys doing you doing good Uh, I'm feeling a lot better than last week last week I was kind of sick so I probably sound a lot (laughs) better I do today than I did last week Um, some fun interesting things to talk about today Uh, we got Jedi Star Wars Jedi Survivor Uh, I finally got it came out on Friday Uh, I didn't get it till yesterday I uh, was able to put at least six hours in um, between yesterday and today. So I, I, I did get uh, some decent time in to the game. Um, I'm going to talk about the Rider Strike. That is official as of uh, yesterday, I think. Uh, yesterday, Monday, yesterday or Monday? I don't, I don't remember. Um, and uh, the Dune trailer came out, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, and just some other things, Uh, some other stuff that came out of CinemaCon, of course, last week. Um, It kind of ended on a Wednesday, which was weird, or a Thursday, I I don't know. But we're going to talk about all of that today uh, before we get anywhere deep into that, though. Just some housekeeping notes. As always, you know, check out Nixnernews.com, you guys can listen to the show in your browser. You can listen to us on the go. Because guess what? We're on all the major podcast streaming platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. How about that? We're on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Um I think that is is just the gist of it, though, right? The the major ones, the top three. Um, also, make sure to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Nickster News. Uh, I post on my personal TikTok for the show. That's just the Nick Defalco on TikTok. If you want to follow my Instagram, you guys can do that too. Uh, that way, you guys can get a slice of my life, if if, if <laughs> what have you. No, I'm I'm kidding. You, but and no, I I'm serious about following the show on social media. Though we're always posting fun stuff, dropping. Previews of the show, episodes, things like that. So so check it out. Um, With that being said, why don't we not waste any more time and uh, get right into the news, shall we? So, obviously the video game industry is still reeling from the CMA's decision to block the Activision uh, purchase by Microsoft. And... A lot of things have been going on with that. So we're going to talk about all the findings that came out. Very interesting things came out of that. Um, But the biggest was Microsoft President Brad Smith has been the most vocal critic of the decision. He uh, was speaking to the BBC and said that, quote, people's confidence in technology in the UK has been severely shaken Global innovators, large and small, will take note that despite all its rhetoric, the U.K. is clearly closed for business, unquote. Uh, he also called it what he said, quote, It does sh- more than shake our confidence in our future the opportunity to grow a technology business in Britain than we have ever confronted before. People are shocked, people are disappointed, and people's confidence in technology in the U.K. has been severely shaken. There's a clear message here. The European Union is a more attractive place to start a business than the United Kingdom, unquote. Quote, I think that this decision shows actually how important it is to support competition in the U.K. Oh, wait, sorry, that's someone else, unquote. Uh, that was the CMA's response. Uh, he also followed it up with said it's, quote, bad for Britain, uh, unquote, or and then followed up with, quote, probably the darkest day, quote, unquote, in Microsoft's 40 years in the country. Um, the CMA's chief executive, Sarah Cardell, shot back saying, quote, I think this decision shows actually how important it is to support competition in the UK and that the UK is absolutely open for business. We want to create an environment where a whole host of different companies can compete effectively, can grow and innovate, unquote. Now, that's very interesting. Obviously, their decision was over cloud gaming, which a lot of people are criticizing due to the fact that, you know, Google kind of quit cloud gaming when, when they essentially discontinued the stadia and closed up the whole division Amazon's Luna like I said last week I don't even know if that thing even works Microsoft's been signing cloud deals with other cloud distributors so I don't see where their their issue is um, but we learned we learned some other things uh, about this CMA deal or other things we learned out of it. Um, they said that Nintendo consoles, like, can't really run COD. They said, quote, Nintendo does not currently offer COD, and we have seen no evidence to suggest that its consoles will be technically capable of running a version of COD that is similar to those in Xbox and PlayStation in terms of quality, gameplay, and content, unquote, they said. Um, we already know that Xbox had offered, uh, when they, if they took over Activision to... Essentially, offer it as a cloud game on on Switch, which a lot of other games have been doing because the Switch isn't as powerful, obviously, to run some of these games that are on on the other consoles. Um, but the the CMA is is interesting that they they would call out COD on Nintendo, even though Nintendo has said they're confident they could get it working. Uh, they also the CMA says that. Game Pass would get more expensive. Well, yeah, that's kind of a given, right? Um, they gave they put out a 400-page report which you are able to read if you like. Um they essentially laid out things in regards to Call of Duty, Game Pass, they said it would go up in price. Like that's a given. Um so it, it it's it's no shocker there. Uh, the biggest thing though to come out of it was that um where was it uh obviously this is true microsoft would not make a it would not be a wise decision if they made call of duty exclusive right so essentially the uh cma deduced that xbox microsoft would lose quote-unquote substantial revenue if they were to make call of duty exclusive or even if they tried to um I guess, uh, make it worse, which PlayStation tried to argue. They even said, quote, it would not be financially profitable for Microsoft to engage in a total foreclosure strategy, unquote. Um, they called it a quote unquote critical diversion ratio. Um, so it's, what that is, is the rate at which PlayStation Call of Duty players would need to switch over to Xbox in order for it to become a profitable for Microsoft. So obviously that wouldn't work. Um, they put in a lot of stuff, um, and and it just it wouldn't make sense um, for Microsoft, and everyone knows that, and Microsoft said it, and things like that. So obviously, they're not going to take it off other platforms. Um, the other thing, a lot of it came, a lot of things came out, right? It, it's obviously a huge deal. It's a major thing. The prime minister of the UK, Rishi Sunak's shot back. Um, he, because Brad Smith, I, I I said, he said bad for Britain, right? So, um, the spokesperson for prime minister Sunak said, quote, those sorts of claims are not born out of, out by the facts, unquote. Uh, it says, I just, I, I think, um, it's, it, I, I think it's ridiculous. The Prime Minister, I don't know if he really knows what's going on or if he's a gamer or if he understands the situation. It, it, it's really ridiculous, though, that it still hinges on on cloud gaming. Um, Microsoft, though, has not been deterred. Uh, they said they ended up signing another 10-year deal <laughs> um, with Nware to bring Xbox-built games to its platform uh, along with Activision Blizzard games, if the deal goes through, um, it is, so, uh, via Microsoft, quote, Microsoft and European cloud gaming platform and have signed a 10-year deal agreement to stream PC games built by Xbox on its platform, as well as Activision Blizzard titles after the exposition closes, unquote, um, so obviously they're still making deals, they're not deterred, even though, and this is very strange, apparently the CMA put in a, a, um, some kind of uh, clause that Microsoft can't attempt to buy Activision for another 10 years, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Like, they should be able to try again. Or at least, they're they're appealing, right? But a 10-year ban? I think that's very strange. But realistically, I, there's a report saying that every appeal is, is like, it, it's a 30... Oh, I'm saying that wrong. It, it's a, a um, the CMA usually wins seventy percent of appeals against it, so it, it, it's long odds for Microsoft to win the appeal. But I I think that it, well, it's going to be interesting, right? Obviously, they're appealing here in the U.S. as well as the um, what's the U.S. regular regulatory body? I can't think right now, but. Obviously, that's two countries they have to to appeal in, right? It's been approved almost everywhere around the globe, except for the U.K. and the U.S. Uh, The European Union hasn't fully uh, answered their findings yet. Most people think that the European Union will more than likely approve it. So, again, that leaves just the U.K. and the U.S. Um, But it'll be interesting to see what happens in those two places. They're very important, right? But I'm sure the U.S. now is watching because obviously if they stick with the cloud gaming thing, that doesn't really apply here in the U.S. like it does maybe in other places. So we'll see what happens. Obviously here at Nixter News, we'll be reporting on it with regularity uh, as it is a major, major thing in the gaming industry. But... Let's uh, let's keep moving on, shall we? Um, so uh, we got a release date for Armored Core Six. It is releasing August twenty fifth on all major consoles, except maybe the Switch um, and PC. So it does have a release date, and it is this year. It it definitely looks to take inspiration from from Software's other major franchise, of course, Dark Souls. They they, I mean, Armored Core was their game before. Demon Souls even came out. So it, 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 big bosses it looks. I don't, I don't know if Armored Core really ever had that before, but it looks fun. Um, over at Respawn, obviously a lot's been going on over there now that uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is out. And the, uh, CEO Vince Zampella was asked about Titanfall. Obviously, Titanfall was their first game when, when Zampella split from Infinity Ward. And, while well, he did say that there are no current plans for another Titanfall game, or Titanfall 3, whatever you want to call it, um, he said it's just not the right moment. His exact quotes are, quote, it has to be the right thing. It's such a beloved franchise for the fans and also for us. If it is not the right moment in time, the right idea, then it just doesn't make sense, unquote. So, while it's not happening right now, and there's no current plans, don't don't give up just yet. Um, we've also learned about the new Forza Motorsport game, uh, which is expected this year, and we've learned about, uh, new accessibility options. Um, Microsoft, of course, and Xbox introduced the adaptive controller several years ago, which was a very, um, accessibility-focused controller, and now the new Forza Motorsport has revealed they will have new, uh, Accessibility Options for Blind or Low Vision Players, which is uh, Blind Driving Assists, which I've never heard of in a game. Obviously, driving games are going to be the hardest for blind players to play. Video games in general, I should say. Um, It is uh, in several games already, but looks like um, they're adding it to Forza Motorsport. And... What it will do is it will allow you to play with different visual or audio cues, not visual cues, right? Um, It will tell you where the vehicle is, when and how to turn, how much cars should decelerate, accelerate, things like that. Um, So that way, if you're a low vision or vision impaired, you'll be able to play blind, right? Um, They are... Uh, a quote from the studio says, quote, What we want to do is build something that fit into the oral landscape of the game already. You get a lot of cues from the game's audio already, like what surface you're driving on, what your car's RPM is, how fast you're going with the wind flying by you. And what we want to do was make sure the sounds that we were using to provide this extra information that the blind player needed to get around the track wouldn't conflict with those sounds, unquote. Uh, this is from sound designer Todd Helsley. So... That is really awesome. Um, so they're also working on uh, steering guides, things like that. They worked on it to make sure it was it worked and was entertaining. So it, it it's really interesting what they're doing. Um, there's a whole huge spread on that in on IGN. If you guys want to check it out, nice big long article about all those accessibility features that are coming. Um, we did learn what games with gold are this month, uh, unfortunately after yester- last week's episode. Uh, we're getting Star Wars Episode One Racer, and Hoa, which is a Studio Ghibli-inspired platformer. Uh, both of those are available, or will be available this month, if you have Xbox Live Gold or Xbox Live Ultimate, which includes Game Pass, of course. Uh, there's a Street Fighter movie coming, if you guys didn't know. And it's going to be directed by some YouTubers, apparently. Um, Danny and Michael Filippo, who are... uh, I guess they directed some real movies. There was one at Sundance called Talk To Me. uh, And they have the YouTube channel Raka Raka. Raka Raka, because they're Australian. Uh, They are working with Legendary, apparently in negotiations, to direct the Street Fighter movie, per The Hollywood Reporter um they've been on youtube since 2013 they have 6.7 million subscribers and uh they didn't release a movie talk to me like i said at sundance film festival and uh, a24 is going to be releasing it so it's an a24 film so that's high praise um we also got our first look at the twisted metal show which drops on peacock in july it shows off Anthony Mackie's character driving a car with weapons, and it even teases Sweet Tooth. So this looks to be fun. I can't wait. Love. I always love those games. Um, Sony has announced that the PSVR two should be available in retailers soon. Uh, it's been kind of hard to get them. Obviously, you had to pre-order it first, and it probably came direct from. Um, it came direct from Sony. Uh, but they did say you will be able to get it um, in retailers soon. Sticking with that, so Sony has announced that PS5 sales have topped 38 million units. So 38 million units sold so far. I don't know if that's sold through, but sold. Uh, that's in their financial earnings. Uh, it has sold 6.3 million units in the fourth quarter of the f- financial year 2223 um more than three times stronger than its sales in Q4 the previous year. Uh, so at, it had sold 32.1 million units at the end of, of Q3. So that is uh, it sold nearly as many as it did this that this last financial year as it did the year before um, which is a lot um obvi- it wasn't its, its strongest. Um, 7.1 million were sold in quarter three, but it's still pretty high. Um, Obviously, with COVID delays and shipping issues, things like that, uh, it was still able to sell that many. Uh, Sony, though, still has high hopes. Uh, They are hoping to sell 25 million units this year. Obviously, it's been out now for three years. They did come out in 2020. So, Sony is looking to continue doing that. Meanwhile... Microsoft, on the other hand, is not selling Xboxes again. Obviously, that comes with not really having games again. Um, with the delay of Starfield to this year, that uh, put a damper on things, obviously, last year. Um, maybe with Forza and, X- and Starfield this year, it can bring in some units. Microsoft has reported a 30% decrease in hardware sales. Um this At this point in 2023 compared to 2022. But uh, their revenue as a company as a whole is still up. But as of right now, uh, Xboxes aren't selling. But it makes sense. They don't have games to support it. But that could change. Um, so, in terms of games getting adapted to shows... Vampire Survivors will be the next one, and we'll be getting an animated show adaptation. Uh, Super Mario crosses the billion dollar mark. No surprise there. And uh, let's move on to, how about this? Are video games getting super expensive to make? A new report claims, uh, and this also came out of the the CMA report about the Microsoft Activision merger, that um, games are getting more and more expensive to make. Uh, Some publishers have reported a AAA franchise can end up costing a billion dollars between development, marketing, all that. Uh, Via this report, games that are now greenlit, AAA games, uh, so with releases set for 24 or 25 would will will typically get a budget in the 200 million dollar or higher mark which is more than mo excuse me more than most movies cost call of duty is already over the 300 million dollar mark grand theft auto will probably have a budget of 250 million dollars or more but again uh, take 2 has the money they made a billion dollars in 3 days on call of duty um so it, it, things are getting expensive, which kind of justifies their raise in price, right, to $60, um, as long as that money's going to the devs, right? Uh, some One major franchise, uh, that name's been redacted, said that they spent a billion dollars on the franchise because development cost was... $660 million and marketing cost was $550 million. That puts it over a billion dollars. So, five years ago, AAA games cost between 50 and $150 million to make. So, games being at $60 for 20 years is, is somewhat taking its toll, right? Um, so, Activision quoted saying, we have to make so much content for Call of Duty that we can't even lean on one lead studio anymore. Now we need almost 1.5 lead studios for each annual COD. That kind of bandwidth pressure is forcing us to use outsources more and more. I don't see that changing anytime soon, unquote. Which is also why pretty much all of Activision just makes Call of Duty now, and they don't make any other games. But what do you guys think about the cost of games? Do you think that those budgets are ballooning, obviously to have better and better assets to make sure games are are good? Maybe studios need to dial it back on... On the amount of of time they put into multiple games. I'm not sure. But if costs like that keep ballooning. I really hope that we don't see a price increase on games again. Sooner rather than later. Um, Speaking of Call of Duty. Today they announced Kevin Durant will be a a, a playable operator. In Call of Duty's Modern Warfare. And Warzone 2.0's next season. Which... Of all people, Kevin Durant, really. Anyway, moving on. Um, Marvel Midnight Suns has canceled its Switch version. So if you're waiting on Switch for that game, you're not going to be waiting anymore. (laughs) Um, Sony has announced that uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2 will be getting a prequel comic that will be released on free comic book day. uh, Obviously from Marvel Comics. Um... Xbox has announced the their Xbox Summer Showcase will take place on June 11th at 10am. And it will be immediately followed by a Starfield Direct. And when I say a Starfield Direct, I mean it will be about Starfield only. Um, so be on the lookout for that. We've learned that reporters in Finland are using Counter-Strike to... ...deliver news about the Ukraine war to Russian citizens. Obviously, uh, Russia's news is very censored, especially when it comes to the Ukraine war. And uh, Helsingin Senomat, which is the largest daily newspaper in Finland... uh, ...is using Counter-Strike to get around Russian media restrictions. Uh, There's a new map that they've released. Um, It contains a hidden room... Which you can use using the spectator cam, and it has Russian language stories from the newspaper, detailing what Russia is doing in Ukraine uh, via Games Radar. The editor in chief Antero Muka said, "Quote: Russians have very little chance to receive independent information about Putin's invasion of Ukraine." Um, unquote, which is true, but uh, they went on to other things. So if you if you download the map. Uh, and you, you can check it out for yourself as well, but if you don't speak Russian, I don't think it's going to be uh, useful to you. But, uh, but it's there, right? And it's, it's helping get real news out into Russia. Also, today we've learned Discord is going to be making some major changes uh, to how you use the service. Uh, they are going to be requiring users to update usernames. Via the official Discord blog, um, you will be prompted to change your username at some point without the the numerical digits. Um, I guess people are... are, I'm not sure why, um, but make sure you get a username that fits you. I I guess it has to do with infrastructure changes and things like that. Um, You can use underscores. But for new names must be within 2 to 32 characters, case-sensitive, forced lowercase, no specialized characters, no continuous periods, and adhere to community guidelines. Um, It's to allow people to have names without the need for numbered discriminators. Um, That's interesting. Uh, Oh, so like if you have the same username, right? But... I wonder if that means you're going to be able to lose, like, your username, even if it had a number attached to it, right? But just be prepared. You will be prompted for that soon, probably next time you log in to Discord. Um, One more story before we get into Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, PlayStation has talked about their... The 10 upcoming live service games that they have in the works. And all of them will be in different genres, for different audiences per PlayStation. Uh, they understand that there is competition. And via an interview with GamesIndustry.biz, studio head of PlayStation Studios, Herman Holst, said, quote, There's a risk that we talk about, live service in generic terms, as if it is a single genre or even a single business model. PlayStation Studios are making a variety of games that could be referred to as live services, targeting different genres, different release schedules, and different scales. We're also creating games for different audiences, and I take confidence from our track record in creating worlds and stories that PlayStation fans love, quote-unquote. I I don't... I get it, right? I mean, there's been a backlash against live service games, though, right? I mean, everybody knows this. (laughs) Look at what happened with uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. There was major backlash because people found out it was a live service game. These games need to have... um, they, they need to have, you know, legs, right? They need to have that content ready to go. And that's what people don't like about it. It's like, release the game. I don't want to have to pay for new shit every couple months. And for them to do this, I, I get it, right? It's the future. It's what makes money. Look at what EA does with, with Ultimate Team. I get it. But is it sustainable? I'm not sure. Well, ultimately, we'll see, though, when... If and when these 10 games do come out. Um, that's mostly it for gaming news. I do want to talk about Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Like I said, I, I put about six hours into it. Um, I only happened to finish the first game on Sunday morning. Um, because I had got stuck on a boss when it first came out. And really, realistically, I had like an hour and a half left. And unbeknownst to me, sat on it for, for three years... Four years almost between that and this one, it and so like I have a little bit more uh, insight into it but than I normally do between sequels of games, right? And it's Star Wars Jedi Survivor is such an improvement over the first game. the The movement is way more fluid. There's a lot more moves you can do. You have new stances, so you can use. The lightsaber in so many different ways it's great there's um, the texture qualities are great luckily and I'm saying this as of right now I have not faced any major game-breaking bugs or crashes like a lot of other people have experienced with the game especially on PC Uh, there have been several patches that have been put out since I started playing so that could be why but I have personally not experienced any of these major issues That's not to say I'm discrediting them, because more than likely it's true and it's affecting a lot of people. But I have experienced some pop-in, which I don't personally care for. Um, But I am playing on quality versus performance. Um, I don't care for the frames per second as some other people might. Uh, But the game is gorgeous. I've made it to my third planet. Uh, You do start the game on Coruscant, which is really fun. There is a lot of different enemy types that are, while similar, they're still different. Um, Battling battle droids, though, is so much fun with a lightsaber because it's been a very long time since you've been able to do that. Uh, They did add dismemberment, finally, when you attack both stormtroopers, different characters and droids alike with a lightsaber, obviously. Uh, a lot of people have been, been comparing it to the Force Unleashed, and I can definitely agree with that. Um, there are definitely some Force Unleashed vibes that we're getting in this game as it's more fluid, as it's more fun to play. Story-wise, it picks up about five or so years after the first game, and while there's really not a whole lot of mention of like Zepho and, and those... Other force users that the first game kind of revolves around. This game seems to be taking its cues from the High Republic. Now, I don't personally care for the High Republic. Um, I've kind of not really read any of the High Republic books. I don't. I I don't know if it's because, uh, it it to me, it feels like it's 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 a forced era and forced, like, I I don't it it's not right realistically it's not but i i don't like this idea that it's they're turning it into the new old republic despite the fact it it's really only like 200 years before a phantom menace right and it's got all these these the vibe of it is very ancient and old and despite the fact that yoda's alive in it right and what I liked about The Old Republic is that it was old, but it still felt like Star Wars. The High Republic, to me, gives off this Knights of the Round Table stick that I don't, I don't personally care for. Um, it, and luckily, they're keeping it at an arm's length in Jedi Survivor, even though it is part of the story. But it, it, it feels too old, like I said, despite... Really only being 200 years before the 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 story in Jedi Survivor. So realistically, that's that's my only gripe with the game. Otherwise, it's great. And it, it, it really is deserving of all those high, high scores it's been getting from different reviewers. It is a great game. I really think you guys should play it. Um, if, if you played the first one and enjoyed it, if you're a Star Wars fan, you should play it. It, it is worth... Every penny to play Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And I cannot wait to keep playing it. Um, but that's it for gaming news. Let's, uh, let's move on over to TV news, shall we? So we finally learned some new things about the upcoming uh, revival of King of the Hill. Um, Steven Root, who uh, played a character, several characters in King of the Hill. He's also a semi-famous actor. Uh, was being interviewed and was speaking about doing table reads for the show and, and getting ready and things like that. So we've, we've learned that uh, it will feature a time jump to a older Bobby. Uh, he mentioned Bobby would be older. They had some of the other returning cast members uh, there as well. But it will feature a time jump uh, where we last saw Bobby as a 13-year-old boy when the show ended. Uh, obviously Hank Hill returning. Mike Judge, things like that. So, that boy ain't right is now going to probably be that man ain't right. That boy ain't right. <laughs> um, the Alien show, uh, based in the Alien franchise, I should say, has found its star. Uh, they will not be pay- playing Ripley. Uh, this uh, Sidney Chandler has been cast uh, to headline the show, which actually takes place on Earth uh, at some point in the Alien franchise's timeline uh in the spirit of winnie the pooh going uh the character at least being eminent or not eminent domain but public domain a new um winnie the pooh r-rated series is going to be coming so via uh variety this new show called christopher robin uh is quote Christopher Robin is a disillusioned New Yorker navigating his quarter-life crisis with the help of a weird talking animals who live beyond a drug-induced portal outside his derelict apartment complex, The Hundred Acres. The new project will be a hybrid live-action animation series, unquote. It looks like it's... it's This has more weight behind it than than Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, the horror movie that, that came out. Um, this... Uh, Boat Rocker Media and Bay Mills Studios are behind it. Shrek 2 co-director Conrad Vernon is directing the pilot and executive producing. And Foreign Relations' Charlie Kesserling has written the script and involved in the series. So, it's fresh and funny, the people behind Bay Mills Studios are calling it. And this sounds like it's going to probably be... More in the vein of like Rick and Morty and stuff like that than Blood and Honey. Which I think more people can probably get behind in terms of supporting this project. Or people watching it and <laughs> caring about it. Um, obviously. Uh, the Simpsons will be getting a Star Wars special tomorrow. They're calling it Rogue Not Quite One. Uh, I guess it's Maggie focused. Uh, that will air on Disney Plus tomorrow for Star Wars Day. Yes, that's right. Tomorrow is Star Wars Day, May the 4th. Amazing how I've barely mentioned it despite being a massive Star Wars fan. I'm trying to keep it, you know, separate for all you... Know. I don't know. Um, Netflix has renewed Sweet Tooth, the DC comic adaptation, for a third and final season. Uh, the second season just, just premiered recently on Netflix. Uh, Babylon 5 is getting an animated movie. The creator said it is 100% finished in the can, so that should be coming soon. It is separate from the reboot that the CW recently announced. And the major, major news in TV and Hollywood in general, the writer's strike is official. It started this week. So I'm not going to go into all the details of of what they're demanding, but it, it is reasonable. I mean, they're asking for... Uh, residuals pertaining to streaming. they're asking for a higher wage, a guaranteed wage. makes sense. hundred um, percent. Apparently the the studios and producers did not even counter some of their offers, which led to them ultimately deciding on the strike, which is insane to me that they wouldn't even counter. Uh, picket lines have already been out in both New York and in in Hollywood. Uh, cele- or celebrities. Actors have been joining them, obviously in solidarity. Um, a lot of them are, they are legitimately concerned about the crews of, of shows and things like that because obviously, you know, the crew is going to be affected a, a lot because of this, uh, but those people can still continue to still work on, uh, different things that are in production as long as no writing is occurring. So essentially what, what happens with this strike is no writing can happen, no, no, no changes can be made to the script, right? Nothing can be done on that front. So some things are going to be affected, right? Uh, shows that are in, currently in production that might need stuff could get affected. Uh, HBO has already said, and Amazon as well, that House of the Dragon and Rings of Power will continue filming because scripts are finished and done. Obviously, if something happens, they, they're they going to have to delay things. Um Stuff that's in production that doesn't need rewrites, again, like I said, will continue to work. Things that have started pre-production could face delays, depending on how long the strike is. Like Superman, um, the new Superman movie that James Gunn just started pre-production on. Things like shows that have been renewed recently, or or, uh, writer's rooms have started. So, things like that. Uh, We're, as a viewing public, you're not really going to notice anything. Um, until maybe in the fall or the spring when shows would normally air. Uh, what you will see right away, and it's already started, all of the late-night shows, including Saturday Night Live, have essentially ended. Uh, they will... Most of the networks have announced that reruns will air for the time being, but uh, the late show with Seth Meyers, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, uh, the or no, the late show with... Um, Stephen Colbert. I don't know why I said Seth Meyers. Seth Meyers does have a late night show. I don't remember what that's called. Uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, all of these shows are going on hiatus because of the writer's strike. Those are shows that need writers every day and things need to be written every day. Um, Jimmy Kimmel, right? So those shows are on hold. Those are things you're going to notice right away. Where we might notice the biggest difference is, like I said, the fall or the spring when new shows should be airing or starting to air. They're not going to be around because they weren't being written or worked on, so they couldn't air. So, uh, it's very similar to about 15 years ago, the last strike. Some people say this might be good because after that strike, we got some of the best TV ever. Um, But, you know, it could be bad, too. Shows can get canceled. Movies can get canceled. There's going to be massive delays for movies that are being worked on. So... Again, depends on how long the strike is. If the strike's only a couple weeks, you're probably not going to notice it. If it's six, seven months, like the last one, you're going to feel it in a little bit. Um, while I do stand with the writers, I, I was like, "Hey, look, I can finally knock out a huge chunk of my backlog come the fall and spring, um, movie and TV wise, right? Game wise, it 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 is unfortunate, um, but good for them for doing it. Ninety-eight uh, percent." of the Writers Guild of America voted to strike, which is, I don't know if you know this, but it's nearly impossible to get 98% of people to agree on one thing, let alone 70% of people to agree on one thing. So it shows you that pretty much the entire uh, WGA was for this. Um, So if you're in LA or New York, you've probably seen the picket lines already. Some of the picket signs have been hilarious. One of them was, pay us or we spoil succession. Uh, one of them was, uh, "Hey, you you like this movie? Yeah, we wrote that. Uh, it it they're they're good. Uh, it it shouldn't affect the video game industry. I don't think video game studios use WGA writers. They might. I'm not entirely sure, but it'll be interesting to see how this affects Hollywood moving forward, uh, as it like I said, it affects both both the uh, movies and TV industry as a whole." And it, again, it was probably it is necessary, I should say. Um, but the other downside is we could see a return of a lot more reality shows, which are cheaper to produce uh, and are dog shit in general. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting how this goes because, uh, like I said, the. 15 so years ago was a 100-day work stoppage. This one, as of right now, we're only on day three or four. But we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. This is something we will talk about um, as as the news happens. So uh, be on the lookout as uh, you could not... You might not have shows to watch in the spring for new seasons or new shows, things like that. Other things might get canceled. So we'll keep that news around, and we'll talk about it as it comes to us, but let's head on over to the other side of Hollywood and see what's going on in the movie world, shall we? What's going on in Hollywood, huh? Sigourney Weaver has opened up and said she's done with Alien, uh, the franchise. She's She's gone to space. She doesn't need to go to space anymore. I mean, makes sense. She's getting older. <laughs> doesn't need to be running around fighting aliens anymore. Um... It looks like a Alita: Battle Angel sequel may happen. Um, Apparently, Robert Rodriguez and Rosa Salazar have been in talks with the producer about potentially making a sequel to the cult film that released several years back. Um, Paramount had their uh, CinemaCon presentation on late Wednesday uh, or early Thursday. I don't remember, but. We learned about a couple of their movies in the works. Uh, Transformers 1, which is an animated movie that's going to tell the origin of Megatron and Optimus Prime. We've learned that Chris Hemsworth will be voicing young Optimus. Brian Tyree Henry will be voicing young Megatron. Scarlett Johansson will be voicing Alita. Uh, we've also learned that um, Keegan-Michael Key, John Hamm, and several other pe- major major names will be in the The animated film when it releases next year. I guess they're also going to be making a new Smurfs movie. And Rihanna will be taking over from Katy Perry and Fergie to voice Smurfette. Uh, She'll be also recording a song for the movie. That is expected in February 2025 though. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 showed off footage and will actually be releasing two days earlier on July 12th instead of July 14th. Uh, We got news about The Last Airbender, which is the new animated uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender movie. And it actually features the the main characters aged up quite a bit. So, adult Aang and and things like that. Uh, There's going to be a new SpongeBob movie, Search for Squarepants. That is going to be a theatrical release, and that's set for 2025. So, that's some of the major stories there out of the Paramount CinemaCon panel. Uh, Moving on. Dodgeball is finally getting a sequel nearly more than 20 years after the first. Vince Vaughn is set to reprise his role. Uh, No word yet on if any of the other major stars, uh, Justin Long or um, Ben Stiller, will be returning for the sequel. Uh, We've learned that the Blade movie from Marvel has added a new writer. Speak of a movie that all production will... Essentially, that movie's getting delayed. Uh, Nick... Uh, Pizzolatto, who's famous for writing *True Detective*, and of course wrote *True Detective* with Mahershala, or wrote *True Detective* when Mahershala Ali was starring in it, uh, has joined the the writers' room for the *Blade* reboot. Uh, Speaking of writers and writing movies, Damon Lindelof has opened up about his work on *Star Wars*, saying he was asked to leave. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) this is funny. Um, he says, quote, I was in more than talks to join the Star Wars universe. I joined the Star Wars universe and was asked to leave, unquote. Um, <laughs> but he also said, though, quote, will I get back in line outside the club and try to get back in again? Of course. If at first you don't succeed, try and try again. Or again, try, as Yoda would say, unquote. So it looks like they didn't really like what his story was. Uh, reports came out that they wanted Helen Mirren to play an old Rey uh, but, but, but Lucasfilm pretty much said, thanks, Damon, but no thanks, which I'm fine with. <laughs> um, James Gunn says that uh, J.J. Abrams' Superman movie is still a possibility. Um, even though he is working on Superman Legacy, uh, the project that J.J. Abrams and, and ta Coates were working on is not off the table entirely. Uh, speaking with io9... He said, quote, those two things are totally unrelated. That's an exciting movie. I know that Chantal Nong, who is executive on that project, is extremely excited about it. So if it comes in and it's great, which I haven't read the script, and if the timing is right, that could absolutely happen. That's totally unrelated. It would be an Elseworlds tale like Joker, unquote. Which makes a lot of sense, right? Um, the And it would feature a, a black lead as Superman. Uh Traditionally in DC Comics, the Elseworld comics do feature a black Superman. He becomes president. And it, it would fit the narrative of being an Elseworlds story. And I think that, that could work. And I, I'm happy that James Gunn hasn't passed on it. I'm not happy that J.J.'s involved. Um, but Ta-Nehisi Coates is a great person to have involved with, with a, a franchise. Um, he's worked on Superman. He's worked on Black Panther. So it, it makes sense. Um, Matthew Lawrence of Lawrence Brothers fame has recently opened up about an opportunity he had to be in a Marvel role. Uh, he was speaking on his podcast with his brothers, Joey and uh, Andrew. And uh, talked about sexual abuse, sexual harassment that men face um, in Hollywood. Not, it's not always women. And he opened up about a time that he was up for a Marvel role. Um, apparently the director, though, asked that he pose nude for Polaroid pictures for the role, which sounds odd, especially for Marvel. Apparently it's an Oscar-winning director. He didn't say who. Um, he went on to say, quote, I've lost my agency because I went to the hotel room, which I can't believe they would send me to, of a very prominent Oscar-award-winning director who showed up in his robe, asked me to take my clothes off, and said he needed to take Polaroids of me. And then if I did, X, Y, and Z, I would be the next Marvel character. I didn't do that, and my agency fired me because I left this director's room. I didn't do that, and my agency fired unquote. Which is horrible. The fact that that's happening, and especially for them to send him to a director, and the director's not even clothed. Um, he talked about double standards and things like that. Um... And talked about, like, Terry Crews and how men don't always get treated the same. Uh, especially about Terry Crews, he said, quote, Everyone laughed at him. Our society is less ready to hear that situation going on with men than they are with women. It is a real thing, the casting couch. We all know it's it's existed. Not a lot of guys have come out and talked about this in the industry, quote, unquote. So it, it, it's good that he's talking about it. it. It sucks that, that I don't want to say it sucks, it's horrible that he went through it, right? And the fact that it was for a Marvel role makes it even worse. I don't know a director, Oscar-winning director for Marvel films, Chloe Zhao. I'm, I'm not going to speculate. I'm not even going to do that. Um, that that's a dangerous path. But it it it's it's very very unfortunate that that happens still, and. Especially for men, men aren't going to always talk about it, right? And it, it, Disney and Marvel really need to, to look at themselves and make sure that doesn't happen again with that director. But props to, jo- to, to um, not Joey props to Matthew Lawrence for speaking about that. Um, moving on a little from that very serious subject. Uh, Pedro Pascal is apparently in talks with Ridley Scott to star in Gladiator 2 in some capacity. Uh, that isn't yet official. Rob Delaney has rejoined. Rejoined. Rob Delaney has agreed to reprise his role as Peter from Deadpool 2 in Deadpool 3, who's probably one of the best characters. Just a regular guy. Just a, a regular guy hanging out with the X Force. Sylvester Stallone is joining the Cliffhanger reboot. And yes, you're wondering, Nick, there's a Cliffhanger reboot? I didn't know either. I'm telling you now. Um, he will be reprising his role as of Ranger Gabriel Gabe Walker in the reboot of Cliffhanger. Uh, it's going to be directed by Rick Roman Wall, Wall who directed Angel Has Fallen. The script was written by Mark B. Cooley who wrote Hunters. So... Stallone said, oh no, Wa said, Va. I don't know how to say this guy's last name, quote, growing up with the biggest action films of the 80s and 90s, working on many of them myself, Cliffhanger was by far one of my favorite spectacles. To be at the helm of the next chapter scaling the Italian Alps with the legend himself, Sylvester Stallone, is a dream come true. It's going to be a great challenge and a blast taking this franchise to new heights, a responsibility I don't take lightly, unquote. So... Jesus Christ, Cliffhanger. Of all movies to reboot and bring back, you bring back Cliffhanger. I don't think Sly is going to be hanging from the cliffs anymore. (laughs) Uh, Jason Reitman has announced that the movie he makes next after the Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel will be a movie about the origins and opening night of Saturday Night Live. Uh, that uh, Obviously, his father was involved in that and friends with many of the people involved in that. So it'll be interesting to see... Well, Dan Aykroyd, he's friends with Dan Aykroyd now, so I'm sure Dan Aykroyd will have his hand in that in some capacity. Chris Pratt has opened up about the future potentially playing Star-Lord again in the MCU. Uh, he said he's not going to close the door, but it would be weird without James Gunn. Makes sense. Uh, we got... Today, we got our first look at Dune Part 2, and boy, does, do they up the ante. They finally showed Paul riding the sandworm. Uh, they showed that off right at the end of the trailer. It looks like Paul is going to unify the Fremen in the deserts of Arrakis. We got more looks at what House Heart Conan is doing, uh, including Austin Butler's Fade Rotha character who was played by Sting in the 1984 David Lynch version. We we see the return of Gurney, who's played by Josh Brolin. It was good to see him come back because we didn't know what his fate was in the first film. And we also got to see Florence Pugh as the princess, as the empress or whatever her name is. Um, So that movie drops later this year. I am very excited for Dune Part 2. Dune Part 1, honestly one of my favorite films. I was enthralled. I know we talked about you guys can always go back and listen to the podcast I did on that, but I am very excited for Dune Part 2. And that the, the trailer today got me more hyped. More, more hyped than I um, was expecting to be. I mean I was gonna be hyped anyway, but this got me extra hyped. And then finally, we've learned that Spider-Man 2 or into the Spider-Verse 2 across the Spider-Verse will break an animation record uh, via Collider and uh, this news that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse will come in at 2 hours and 19 minutes. That is the longest ever animated film from Hollywood studio, from a major Hollywood studio. Um, obviously, long superhero movies are, are normal, but this is the longest a animated major studio film will be the first spider-man into the spider-verse was only 117 minutes it wasn't even two hours this movie is two hours and 20 minutes essentially um so some anime films from japan are longer but again those aren't considered major hollywood studios so this is a major major thing so be expected i wonder how kids are going to sit through that But uh, yes, the next Spider-Man film, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, will be two hours and 20 minutes long. That is it for Nickster News today. Thank you guys for listening. It is May 3rd. I am your host, Nick. Uh, Fun fact, this is episode 260, which officially marks five years as a podcast. I I really, really appreciate you guys. I I know I kind of kept it limited to celebrating the five-year mark, but... You know what? I, I take it in stride, right? I, I, I'm somewhat humble when it comes to this. I don't push it on people. I post, I don't even post regularly anymore uh, on, on the social media stuff. So it's fun for me, right? I, I do it as a fun hobby. Um, five years though, and I, I appreciate every single one of you listeners because it's what you guys listening week in, week out is what gets me to, to keep going, right? And I like sharing my news and the news and my opinions on it with you guys, as always. So it's it's been a fun five years as I shortly reflect on that. And uh, here's the five more, right? And uh, with that, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Ha! Huh, I'm kidding. I got you guys there. No, but in all seriousness, it's it's been it's been a good five years. We've talked about a lot of different things a lot of ridiculous things, a lot of stupid things and a lot of of things that that made me angry, that maybe made you angry that it 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 drummed up emotion. it, it brought out joy and tears and confusion and and lust. Well, lust, I don't know about lust, but maybe it's that sultry voice of mine. But no, it, it's it's been a fun ride and and I don't want it to stop, right? As as we we look to the future of, of what it, the show could potentially be, there's a lot of things on the horizon, and and I hope that you guys are here for every minute of it. Um, we'll we'll enter a new a new domain, right, if you will, a new universe. We'll we'll walk through this this fifty year portal together, and I, I want to bring you guys on that journey as we bring in. More people to talk to and and new experiences to enjoy, and uh, you know you guys know where to find me, right? I'm I'm here every week on on your streaming platform. I'm I'm here every week on online and uh, social media places like that. So I don't want you guys to be afraid. I, I would like for you guys to interact with me. I, I don't get to as as often as as uh, I would like, and uh, it, it's. It, like I said, here's the five more years, right? Five years in the can, five years ahead of us. that that's what's what's going on with Nixner news and uh, I appreciate you guys. So for real this time, I will catch you on the flip side.